just became a raven. Your art matters. It's what got me here. Hello and welcome to the Ravens, a One Tree Hill podcast. I'm Dom and I've seen 86 episodes of One Tree Hill. And tonight's episode for debate is Season 4, Episode 19, Ashes of Dreams You Let Die. This is it. This is like the most anticipated episode, anticipated moment of all time, surely. Like, nothing has been more important than this in the world, ever. I like drugs more than I like pain. (laughs) (laughs) Because, well, Sophia's bush has like a... Sophia's bush (laughs) has a history there. That's exactly what you just said. (laughs) Get out of the fucking t-shirt. That wasn't what I meant. I will write that one myself. So, honey, put the pen down. I've got this. I reckon Mouse got a wang on him, hasn't he? He's got a massive dick. (laughs) Yeah, because that's why Erica Marsh left him. Which one's which? Well, you're going to have to be Lucas because, you know, you're identical. And I'll be Hayley because, you know, I'm talented. (laughs) I could be the mayor and you could be the cocaine. I'd try and snort you. Or you be done, I'll be Deb, and I'll taser you. <laughs> Your face, then. <laughs> Such disappointment. Why do I have to always be tased? In the airport, in the gate, to go home. <laughs> yeah, I looked across, and his legs were slightly open, and his balls were hanging out. <laughs> in the airport. <laughs> I see. Is that, is that a pigeon? Is that a pigeon? Come here. Come here. Now say it with some bass in your voice. Where the motherfucking gangsters are right now. 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 You know, where the motherfucking gangsters of right now. O T H what? Sing O T H what? Raven. Ravens. Call me Colonel now, you little ungrateful bastard. <laughs> Call me it before I get your dad on the phone and we'll have a 30-minute conversation <laughs> and only 10 words have been exchanged. It will be about how ungrateful you are for the opportunity to be on this platform, which is the People's Podcast, which is O-T-H. What? O-T-H. Ravens. Appearances. Keeping up appearances. Keeping up with the Joneses. Keeping up with the Joneses. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. I'm fooling myself. Really good talking to myself. <laughs> Nicky, Nicky. We don't have sex scenes like this in One Tree Hill. Like this was like in terms of they were literally in bed, you know, humping. Um, <laughs> you know why, Simon? Why? Because fuck you, Dom. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'll, I'll raise my hand and be like, um, Mr. Michael Murray. It's, I'm a long-time fan. Wonderful to be here. Season 3, episode 13. Uh, you, uh, as Lucas, had to hump Brooke and kind of just did this weird friction like that. I made this noise. Can you hear that? Yeah. That's that's what you did. It was horrendous. Um, how did that feel, being a divorced couple, having to, to basically dry hump on another one set? Uh, can I check? Do you love dongs? <laughs> you must love dongs to be in this pit. No, but do heroin, drink a Diet Coke, and have a cigarette. That was my right. diet. Yeah. Pretty much, that's it. It wasn't a walk, and then he was like, "Oh, I'm glad I came on this walk with you." It wasn't a walk. It wasn't. It was barely even a stroll. He practically rolled out of fucking bed and ended up on a bench outside the fucking cabin or whatever it is. Oh my god, he actually has. Full flute. What we celebrate today? Oh fuck it, it's Wednesday. I'm gonna bang in some champagne. La de fucking da. <laughs> Tell you what, Keith does not manscape at all. He just naturally is just perfectly contoured down there. It just it falls into place. So welcome to The Ravens, a one tree hole podcast where it's always 10.30 at night. It's time to grab the snacks from the sweet cupboard, move on upstairs and settle in as tonight's episode for debate is season four. Episode 19, Ashes of Dreams, You Let Die. Now, some of you are out there wondering, what the hell is going on? 86 episodes and Dom is doing the intro. This is not normal. And you're absolutely right. This is not normal. Um, Unfortunately, my very good friend Simon isn't able to make it at the moment of this podcast. Hopefully, he'll be able to join a little bit later, but we shall see. So, just for now... It is me uh, until our wonderful, wonderful guest, Katie, arrives um, and we'll get to know a little bit more about Katie. She's joined a few times. You hopefully recognise her voice um, from a few different episodes uh, that she's been on in the past. And we'll get to know her uh, top five TV shows, not including One Tree Hill, of course. That's just a given. Everybody gets that. Everybody gets One Tree Hill. It's just in the bag already. You don't need to worry, guys. It's coming with you. One Tree Hill, on your desert island, that is yours. Uh, and then we'll find out if uh, Katie also has uh, a terrible, terrible, terrible film that she loves and is worth watching. It's not only Katie joining us tonight, it's also Chuck. Chuck is a relatively new raven. and We'll get to know about all his TV shows and more and his love of One Tree Hill, where it all began. Chuck's history with the show. So I hope you enjoy listening uh, to just me for now and our Ravens as they join. So as I mentioned, Simon uh, unfortunately isn't able to make it uh, to this episode of the podcast. He might join a little bit later. So this is kind of unprecedented. This hasn't happened in the history of the Ravens. So far, the only person that hasn't been able to make an episode is me. I know, crazy. And uh, that, you know, uh, has happened twice i made it just on the end of of an episode um and uh yeah uh well where do i begin um i can't really talk about simon's week or my week like i can't talk about simon's week at all because i'm not simon but i could talk about my week i had a really good week usually we do the the nonsense banter and simon you know talks about ball gagging because he's a bit strange um but you know i hope everything's all good with simon he's you know he's a busy trap and he's got stuff going on so um hopefully 
he's all good and you guys are all good as well listening to just my silly silly voice so we'll start talking about this episode this episode was uh pretty oh, it had a pretty shocking ending i think pretty like shocking as in shock factor not shocking awful this had a shock factor ending for me uh, which we'll hopefully get to when somebody joins uh, to talk with me but at the moment it's uh, still just me um i thought that there was some really good moments in this episode some light-hearted comic relief uh and then some not so great episodes i think it was tahani who actually called out at the end of the watch along last week so when we watched this episode all together uh and she said <laughs> that uh she thinks i pretty much didn't enjoy the episode at all until the end now at the time I'm guessing that I was just really tired because at the time that was spot on accurate. Tani, well done. Good shout. But when I rewatched the episode today, like I always do, I actually thought the episode wasn't too bad. So I'm not giving away my ratings. You know me. My ratings are historically and famously low compared to uh, what our Ravens are when they join and what Simon's are. Simon, topsy-turvy episode. I'm pretty sure I gave that a 10. It's just his like favorite episode. Awful. He mentioned it to uh, Craig Sheffer when we went and met him and Craig didn't know what he was talking about. So it's not a memorable episode. He needs to just drop that. He needs to just like all the episodes I like um, or not like as much the ones I not like as much as well, because that would make life a little bit easier for me at the end of the podcast. And also the Ravens that join the watch along the, the old hashtag make them wait as much as I love to make them wait. They wouldn't need to. It's Simon that um, tends to argue the the point a little bit more. But hey, that's just me. So let's get started with this episode. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick some characters. I never really um, pick the people who's let the Raven pick. So let me kind of start off and pick where we're gonna go. And I actually think I'm gonna start with Nathan and Haley and their kind of journey. So well, one good thing about me being on my own today is that. Um, that no one has to pick who does the synopsis because that has to be me. So Nathan and Ailey's journey in this episode kind of starts with Nathan being a little bit mopey. I think he's not really sure what's going on in his life. And Haley's trying to like G him up a little bit. Um, and, and is basically saying, you know, come on, you know, pull yourself together. Things all kind of work out for the better. And he's still not heard from Duke yet. Um, he pretty much ditches school i think you know we're we're at the end of uh, what you guys call finals uh sorry say what you guys what are like american friends will call finals and maybe other places in the world call them finals as well uh before high school ends um and he's kind of just practicing at the river court the whole time so keeping himself in shape keeping himself kind of basketball battle ready and uh no one else appears to uh, be anywhere near him in this entire episode except for Haley, of course and uh, he's like struggling with the idea of like potentially not being able to go to Duke and he thinks he's a little bit of a failure but actually um, Haley makes some really good points and says you know what you don't need to worry about all of that you did the right thing and you're, you're doing the right thing now and we love each other we've got each other and we'll do our very best to move on from there and whatever happens kind of happens is this sort of the sentiment I get from Haley. That's kind of what she's giving off that kind of vibe. And as the 
episode continues. Uh, Nathan is like visited by Whitey at the river. Oh, there's there's a good in, good like bit of interaction between uh, Nathan and Deb, but Deb is <laughs> taking Haley shooting for some crazy crazy reason um and is cleaning the gun in the house and sort of waving it around um and nathan warns of a misfire and says well you know misfires don't happen if you don't have a gun and deb is kind of like where's the fun in that gotta have a gun um but when nathan is at the river court he's kind of playing on his own you know keeping his skills up and he's visited by yt and you know the folksy wisdom from whitey as always and and this is predominantly again led by Haley, having visited him previously um but we'll get to Haley in a minute and uh tells him whitey tells him to kind of stop moping about you know uh, i mean he breaks the news that duke has some like sadly you know rescinded the offer um for his scholarship which means he can't go there anymore or he won't be going there uh, on his basketball scholarship so that kind of dream is over and I'm pretty sure I predicted this on the last episode so I was you know pleased with that and leading into him kind of being driven and pushed by YT to never give up it's like never give up never surrender go and uh, reach out to people uh, and you kind of make your own luck you you make your own sort of history so get out there pick up the phone start calling people and don't just take no for an answer just just, you know do your best and um you'll absolutely you know get something out of it definitely so just just keep trying and there's a really nice moment that where we see whitey kind of at the end doing doing a similar thing you know trying to trying to look out for nathan he's clearing up his desk in this episode it's so sad so sad but i know there's there's got to be more of whitey to come so um yeah i'm not i'm not predicting a a, a whitey's out yet <laughs> um and he even alludes to uh charging for some sort of counseling service or you know support network service uh and there's even a a hint of him thinking of a name for it so i think whitey's actually just gonna have his full-on like life ex- experience life coaching kind of business on the side and that's what he's going to do um, rather than basketball coaching. But hey, that absolute dream come true. I mean, he's sitting here on my desk now looking at me and he's he's helping me along. So anyway, Nathan, Nathan is then making a few phone calls and uh, trying to get through to schools. And they're all pretty much saying no and, and hanging up on him. And he, he again thinks he's a little bit useless and he's not going to make it. And he's kind of ruined everything. And uh, at this point, he kind of finds out from Haley. Um, I don't know she's like sizing herself up. She's like measuring her belly, and she's like, "I keep growing and keep getting better." Sorry if I am jumping around a bit, guys. I, you know we do this anyway, but particularly when I'm on my own without Simon to keep me in track, uh, I will jump around. But when we get to um, Haley, kind of sizing herself up and measuring her uh, her tummy i suppose uh like the the baby is growing and she's like i'm growing more and more every day and she's convinced of that uh nathan says it's a good thing because you know we're gonna have a tall baby and he's gonna be a basketball player um i guess dan probably would have said the same thing uh, to deb uh when he was uh a, a mere fetus um and then we have uh him basically 
uh, talk to Haley, and Haley says um, that she can't be the valedictorian at the graduation ceremony. And she at first uh, says that the reason she can't do it is because of the whole um, scandal of like test stealing uh, because of Rachel, which we actually know was kind of broke, but mostly Rachel. So glad she's gone. So glad she's gone. Um, and uh, Haley has been told she can't be valedictorian, but actually uh, it turns out it's because of Nathan and the whole connection. Uh, and it's very strange. And it's Principal Turner that delivers this message. And Principal Turner delivers um, what I, quite, I like to call a shit sandwich really well. So he sort of jumps in with a bit of good news. Um, then basically kicks Haley in the teeth with, you know, some horrible news and you're not going to be valedictorian because your husband um, basically did some really stupid stuff and gambled um, with some really dodgy people. Um, and then it's like, but you've been a great student and uh, all your achievements are wonderful. Bye. And it's just like, oh, um, Principal Turner getting in a lot of a lot of time on this episode. Oh, I have a little update actually about Principal Turner. I was quite excited to share uh with simon on the podcast today um but i will hopefully when he listens to this back or maybe i'll just share with him separately but um i tried to reconnect or connect with uh (laughs) principal turner on linkedin so we know that i um bought a subscription to linkedin for a month um i then very quickly cancelled the subscription because it's uh, ridiculously expensive uh, and i have previously reached out to sean shepherd who played principal turner to see if he would be willing to join us on the podcast however he has yet to reply he's not responded to my message so i can i tried to connect with him today and uh since then i've actually found you, you know you on linkedin you can see who has viewed your profile and Principal Turner himself has viewed my profile. Um, so I'm hoping he kind of looks at it, um, sees my message, f- hopefully tries to find out a little bit more. I mean, he can ask so many people. He could ask Paul. He could ask uh, Craig now. He could ask Barbara. Alan Woods. She gets full named. Um, you know, they've all been on. They've all been on. Colin Vickers. Uh, they've all been on. So why wouldn't um, Sean want to join? I mean, this is the biggest One Tree Hill podcast going, right? Right? It's not even a question. Not even a question. Um, anyway, back to Haley. Haley is uh, not allowed to be valedictorian because of all the stuff that her silly husband has done uh, and all the problems that have caused and, you know, basically punching a, a dead man's body and convincing himself that he murdered him. Um, it's all kind of going against them. So she's a bit mopey and a bit sad and it's just kind of like, oh, well, you know, it's fine. We'll graduate. And uh, when Nathan kind of confronts this and says, he's uh, Principal Turner's not letting you be valedictorian because of me, right? She's like, no, no, yeah, definitely is she, 100%. She really, really caves very quickly, um, spares his feelings um, like the most minimal amount possible. She goes all in on uh, on Nathan at that moment. But you know what? Fair enough. This is This is kind of her big moment. Uh, I, I don't get the appeal of of being the the valedictorian. I guess we don't, it's not a thing that's done here in the UK. So I, I'm guessing it's people that are it's like the top student 
is it is that what it is the top student like the best grades kind of thing gets to then do a speech at the end of it um surely it's adding work on the already exemplary work so it feels like a bit of an odd thing to do to be doing speeches when um you should be just kind of shaking hands with the principal and whoever's at your graduation and then getting your diploma and walking off but uh fair enough um i guess it's a big honor for some people but you know let us know or let me know simon might know more about it but i definitely don't so you know happy for you guys to connect with me or to uh, drop me a line and say whatever you think um uh, what whatever your understanding of it is as well because i genuinely have no idea uh, what the kind of purpose of the valedictorian is so that what that'd be more interesting anyway after this news nathan is a bit perturbed and all of the other stuff that happens in his life within this episode so he actually goes to pay principal turn a bit of a visit there's quite a few visits to the principal's office today and from the principal so like he has quite a few touch points and that he speaks to Haley, he speaks to nathan and he speaks to math so as uh his old sean is a little bit busy in this one and when nathan goes to see him uh he basically says you know you're punishing Haley for for the stupid stuff i've done there's, there's no need for that uh, I think what you need to do is uh, kind of like wise up a little bit. Let's wise up a little. Let's wise up a little bit, Sean. Come on. Uh, why Why are you doing that? Don't Don't punish her. You know, she's she's had enough going on in her life. She's she's basically about to drop uh, a rather large baby any minute now. So um, yeah, just just let this one go, Principal Turner. Let it go. Just let her have a moment. She's already written the speech. Who are you going to find in such a short amount of time to like quickly write a speech as well? I know in Haley, she's been doing that for weeks. I mean, she's literally just been doing it for probably the whole year. Come on. She's so studious. She's, she's been doing it for the whole year. Um, and she's put it all together. And, and who realistically could they make the valedictorian that could put a speech together, uh, you know, in, in like three days or whatever it is it was a wednesday i think i don't know when their graduation is i, I assume the graduation is actually going to be in the next episode um but will everyone be there Ooh. um so who's going to be able to put a speech together in such a short amount of time maybe mouth he did it once before didn't he when he was standing up for brooke uh when she was running for uh president or whatever it is um so he managed to to throw a, a speech together off the top of his head pretty quickly so um maybe he could do it but yeah i'm pleased that nathan went and said what he had to say to principal turner and also have the opportunity to um kind of redeem himself a little bit it's quite quite nice and then he gets the the benefit of going and seeing Haley and saying you know got to get yourself ready make sure you got uh the right dress because you'll be delivering that speech and she's super shocked super happy and it was a lovely moment. I thought they had a really nice episode. It was good. Um, given what happens at the end of this episode, where the graduation is going to be that comfortable, um, because I'm not convinced Lucas is going to be there, to be honest. Um, it's, a, it's definitely an interesting one. Definitely an interesting one. But that's kind of uh, Nathan and Haley's journey. If there's any bits I missed, you know, shout out, let me know. Um, get in touch with us at Raven's Hoops dot net or on instagram at ravens podcast um where you know we love your comments and we love anything that you guys send to us or reach out to us with um basically all goes to simon and then he filters anything that has no spoilers in it and sends it to me so yeah keep keep using those guys we i'm not sure we 
call it out enough. And uh, if you're one of our Ravens, uh, if you're on the Patreon and you've joined at any level, you can, of course, join us in the Discord. So I'm on the Discord. There's three channels in the Discord. There's a spoilers one. So there's one I'm not allowed to look at, which I do not. And there's two others. There's a a spoiler-free zone just for me. And um, there's also like a non uh, Tree Hill related chat, which, you know, has a lot of people discussing other TV shows and music and all sorts. So, you know, if you fancy it, join our Patreon, ravenshoops.net and join in the Discord, join in the chat with all the other Ravens. It's good fun. It's a good laugh. Uh, and Truck, who's actually joining us today, is like king of the Discord. So uh, if you hear me describe him as that, you'll understand why. Um, so Nathan and Haley, anyway, back to them. Uh, see, I can even, you know, wander off and get lost uh without having my super co-host superstar with me um uh, luckily it's you know i have to drag drag myself back in these situations uh, normally i'd be lucky enough to have simon drag me back or i have to drag him back really um but in this case i've just got to drag myself back so nathan and Haley, um they seem quite happy towards the end uh, Nathan does have um, a, f- a couple of moments with Lucas, but mostly giving him his yearbook. She's picked it up basically and received it for him because he's pretty much skipped school all day. Again, we know why, but nobody else seems to. And uh, she gives it to him and uh, says, you know, I've already filled it in. Uh, we're basically, you know, because I'm your best friend and that's my prerogative and having a nice little cuddle in the corridor. Uh, and it's a, a lovely moment. Um, I think Haley and Nathan both have a, a really nice episode. It's not as turbulent as other episodes for them have been. Um, and yeah, they, they have some really, really good moments together and kind of work things out. And it's Haley that uh, lets slip about the gun that Deb has and going shooting uh, to Lucas, uh, a vital piece of information, says that the gun is in a cookie jar in the kitchen. Now, the cookie jar uh, was a massive, like, bell pepper. I guess we call it a bell pepper. We just call it a pepper. Um, but next to it, next to the, the cookie jar, there was like another, was it another cookie jar, some sort of pot? that was like a ma- like a pumpkin, like a white pumpkin jar. It was very, very odd jar situation in deb's kitchen i'm not sure i'm a fan um what are your thoughts everyone I, I, again i they're not jars i would have in my house um yeah uh, they, these are the sort of things that are gifted aren't they it was a gift it was a christmas present or it was a moving in present that's just you've not had the heart to throw away or it's from someone that visits a lot you know when you get a present from someone that visits a lot and you kind of have to have it out or you hide it you hide it until they come round, and when they come round, you put it out. And you're like, "Oh yeah, I use it all the time," but you don't. You you don't. And all of you are now thinking, "Oh yeah, I've got that thing. I know exactly what he's talking about." So, and the what the, those of you that are pretending, don't pretend. Don't just lie to yourselves like that. It's not worth it. Anyway, Nathan Haley, a really good episode. Predictions for them? Uh, I think Haley will go on and do her valedictorian speech. I think she'll get the opportunity to do it at graduation. Uh, in front of all her friends, minus Lucas. Um, Huey Lewis coming back. So Haley's parents coming back for that episode. Would they be there for her graduation? You'd think so, wouldn't you? You'd think it's quite a, a key moment in, in somebody's life, you know, graduating from high school, especially being the top student. So, hey, maybe we'll get an appearance from Huey Lewis and 
whoever played her mum. <laughs> uh, apologies to uh, that actor. That I, I can't remember her name, but anyway, they may return. The the Jameses may return. We shall see. We shall see. So I think that's pretty much everything for them. Uh, I will move on to our next couple of characters uh, that I want to talk about, I guess, um, which I think I'm going to move on to Mouth and Gigi. Now, Mouth and Gigi actually have quite a nice episode as well. I'm sticking with all the the kind of nice ones for now until we build up to a kind of the main crescendo, I guess, of the episode and, and everything that happens. So um, Mouth is collecting his yearbook from Gigi. Uh, was given his yearbook from Gigi. I can't quite remember which way round that happens. And um, she's like, oh, sorry about what I put in there. And Mouth was like, I think, I, I think Mouth was just assuming that she meant the um, the Jimmy picture. I'm like the fact that Jimmy's basically cut out of it. Um, but we find out that Gigi has actually put a message in there on page, I think, 23, um, because there's a picture of Mouth and Gigi. And it's kind of like a nice photo of them uh, when they've been announcing a game. So, and she put like a nice little message underneath, like put like someday or something like that. You know, a girl can dream about being with the Python. Um, Oh God. Um, I feel dirty just saying that. And I'm on my own. Great. (laughs) Um, So Mouth um, finds out that Gigi has been working on the, uh yearbook and she's part of that crew and she's like well you know gonna have something to do and i guess that's because she's not doing any sports casting anymore uh or looking at all the super attractive fit basketball players uh she's just kind of doing her own thing and now helping out uh, put the yearbook together uh a mouth actually goes to collect jimmy's yearbook to to give to jimmy's mom which i thought was a really nice touch i actually think that was good that um one Tree Hill kind of wrote that in and put that in. I think that's um, like an important touch point, an important thing to to remember is that, you know, Jimmy's mom is suffering on the back of this as well. She's lost her son and everybody thinks her son is a, is a murderer, which, you know, isn't the case. I mean, I say everybody. I mean, we know that Lucas doesn't think that now. And we know um, Abby Brown certainly doesn't think that. So, um yeah, uh, Mouth goes to to collect it and kind of looks for it, sees the picture of Jimmy that, that he's kind of cut out and is, is a little bit upset by it and um, decides to go and confront Principal Turner about it. And this is his kind of touch point with, with Principal Turner and old Shawnee again, who won't message me back, but hopefully will. Um, if anybody, anybody knows him, anybody's got any sort of connection to him, please ask him if he'll join us on the podcast. I think it'd be great to talk to him. Uh, as Simon always says, he has like the perfect voice. Uh, he's fantastic. He should be doing those, you know, calm, relaxing voiceovers for people that struggle to sleep at night. Um, I think that would be awesome. So um, he confronts Principal Turner, Mouth. I mean, uh, the Python is out. Uh, it's slithering around the room, you know, it's it's on the desk. It's on the desk. It's staring Principal Turner right in the eye. And uh, he says, why isn't Jimmy in the yearbook? And his answer is that Jimmy isn't a student at the school. Doesn't even really refer to, you know, the stuff that's happening, but he says he isn't a student at the school. 
And he says, well, in about two days, I'm not going to be a student in the school, but I'm still in the yearbook. I think that's quite a shitty response from Alf, to be honest. Um, but, you know, OK, good ish rebuttal. I think not not too bad, um, but it was it was a very teenage response. So I guess that's fair. I guess it's well written that way. Uh, and as he's uh, discussing it, he kind of says that, you know, Principal Turner says, I don't really want people to look in the yearbook and kind of be reminded of that day. Uh, and Mouth is like, well, you know, we are going to be reminded of it. And Principal Turner's like, yeah, that's kind of the point. It's just nobody's ever going to forget it. So why would we include it in in the book? And it's kind of a, it's almost like Principal Turner saying it's a little bit tainted if he adds Jimmy. And I think that's, you know, given that we've got the view that that we know what happens i think that's um i think that's a difficult one a difficult one to kind of analyze and and go through um because we know what happened uh for real but you know the the rest of the school don't they all believe that he he kind of although he, jimmy had problems and uh emotionally and um mentally wasn't in, in the right headspace and uh, really really struggled and you know clearly um should he be included um and that's that's a really really big question should should jimmy have been included given what had happened and given the fact that everybody thought it was kind of like a murder suicide you know i think maybe not maybe it was the right decision to keep him out but you know good old mouth and the python get their own way so mouth goes back to Gigi, back to the source um and basically says you know when i need to take one to his mom and she's made up a special one just for mouth just for jimmy's mum, which i think is super lovely a really nice thing to do and she makes um a whole new one um that includes the picture of jimmy uh and the information about jimmy um and mouth very confidently stands up at a bench outside um and i mean you've got to really trust the structure of that bench he he's familiar with that bench he stood on that before on that kind of outdoor picnic table uh and he he knew it was a sturdy structure because i wouldn't be standing on that comfortably you know unless i really knew that bench like and the way he gets down he gets down off it you know without even a second which puts his foot down on the seat and puts his foot down on the floor you know it's just like it's not even a problem i'd be worried it would be tipping i'd be worried it would wobble it could be a little bit, you know, weather-worn. You know, you can end up putting your foot through some mouldy wood. So, you know, Mouth trusted that bench. He really trusted it uh, and that table. So, fair play. Anyway, he he jumps up and he shouts out to everybody that he um, knows that they've had a difficult year and he knows that a terrible thing happened. But, you know, Jimmy's mum is still suffering and would actually really like this really kind gesture. So let's all fill in the book. We all knew Jimmy before the incident, before everything happened. So let's sign the book. Let's sign it together. Let's send a nice message. And Lucas is the first person to sort of stand up and say, you know what, Mouth, you're a really good friend. So let's let's do that. I'm going to do that with you uh, and for Jimmy's mom and for Jimmy. And he signs the book and it's great. And then there's a massive crowd that gather around to, to sign the book. 
Um, by this point, Mouth and Gigi have already had their really awkward hug in the corridor, and it's just like, oh, come here. And oh, I, I hate that. Um, there's no need to like drag her into your hug mouth. Just, just like quit hug. Thanks very much. I'm leaving the school. You're going to stay. Well, you know, I'll catch you soon. You know, when I come back from college in the holidays or something like that. Don't be weird about it. Um, but we know he's a bit weird anyway. Very awkward, awkward young man. Um, anyway, by this point, uh, the book has got some lovely signatures in it. Um, it's quite full and he takes it to Jimmy's mom, who is really excited to see him and thinks it's a lovely thing. And she looks through it and that, that woman can cry. That woman can cry, like cry acting. It goes to her, uh, for this episode. She was superb and she had a, what, less than two minute scene, um brilliant i thought she did she did a, a wonderful job uh really really good stuff but um she she can't get background actor because she had more than one line so a really nice moment there uh from mouth uh and you know kind of orchestrated by Gigi as well so both of them on a really really good path in this episode and um yeah i enjoyed it uh prediction for mouth he won't be val- valedictorian you know with a 30 second off the cuff speech um, because we know Haley's going to be going to be doing that, um, but what is Mouth going on to do? I, I have absolutely no idea. Um, I guess he'll just be at graduation and whatever graduation party they have, and he'll just kind of be the weird nuisance that he is. Um, maybe um, was it Shelley? Oh, Shelley, his sort of girlfriend, the clean team, will reappear. And maybe she won't be a clean chin anymore and they'll have a lovely moment getting back together. Um, but I doubt it. Um, mouth is like too unlucky for that sort of thing to happen in his life. Uh, but like Simon always famously says, we shall see. Uh, and we'll find out what happens with mouth in the next episode. So where to go from here? I reckon. If we go with Peyton, Brooke, and Ferret Face Chase, he has made a horrible, horrible resurgence that I didn't think would happen. I thought she would have binned him off like she did, and that would be the end of him. Kind of like hoping that him and Rachel would be gone, allowing maybe some new characters to come through and, and someone different. But no, 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 no. FFC. Ferret Face Chase has come back. And unfortunately, I can't help but feel that he's kind of in it for the long haul now. So we're dangerously close to the end of season four. Um, I'm actually not sure entirely how many episodes we have left of season four. I think it's two. Or it goes up to like 21, perhaps, maybe 20. So we're, we're like, we're, we're there. We're literally there. We've literally got a couple to go. Um, and I think, unfortunately, FFC, that I'm going to call him now, um, is going to be in season five. And I think he's going to be credited. He's going to be in the titles. And this upsets me. The thought of him being in the titles upsets me because it's the same situation as Rachel. I really didn't like Rachel. And not at any point did she really ever grow on me. So, um, yeah, I think we've substituted... Rachel for FFC and he's just going to be a complete irritant uh, in everyone's life 
you know, particularly Brooke. Um, now, her journey through this episode was pretty much all about the yearbook and who's signing it and what they're saying. And also being supportive to Peyton, but predominantly, what are we writing in yearbooks? And uh, she's, I, I thought it's hilarious when she opens her locker and sort of blows the dust off the books because <laughs> she's just never used them. Um, she she doesn't have to worry about that. I think she just uses her locker for the mirror on the inside. Um, that's the only thing that's important. Um, but uh, yeah, when she's in the locker, this is kind of when she's uh, approached by the ferret and uh, they discuss uh, yearbooks and, you know, thinking about each other and he calls it fate and she says it's like coincidence. I'd call it a horrible uh, misfortune. And um, they're discussing writing in the yearbooks. I guess, again, that this is a big deal. I know there was quite a big chat in our Discord uh, about yearbooks and um, kind of what people sign. Um, and if people put, I think it was at HGS, like have a good summer, something like that. I think, I think it was Harrison that mentioned that if people wrote that, it just means they don't know you and they're like, yeah, have a good summer. And it just kind of means nothing. Um, but uh, again, <laughs> over here in the UK, we kind of do like shirts. You wear a shirt to school, like a white, we wear shirts to school anyway. Normally, normally schools are uniformed. And uh, when it's your last day and you're about to leave, people sign your shirt and then you you kind of keep that. And that's that's the memento. I mean, I, I know I've probably still got mine somewhere, um, but we don't really, not really big on yearbooks. Again, that might change. I've not been at school for a very long time. So, you know, anyone of our UK listeners, if you had a yearbook from your school, let me know. I'd, it's not something like my school's ever really paid attention to, but yeah, let, let us know. Maybe we're we're following suit with our um, overseas friends. So, um, Freightface Chase talking about signing the her yearbook. Um, she's actually got Bevan's yearbook Brooke, at the time because Bevan is signing her. So actually, people have to like take it away and write a very particular message. This also surprised me because I would kind of just write, um, "Hey." It's been great knowing you. Uh, I hope everything goes well in your life. Uh, all the best, Dom. Um, <laughs> I, I don't need to uh, to go off and, and take your book and think about what to write in that. I mean, it'd be probably be different if it was Simon's book. Maybe I would need a bit of extra time to write in his on. There'd be some, you know, horrendous in jokes in there, I guess. So, okay, I can understand it. I can understand taking it away. See, I've turned myself around on that one. Um, so we take the yearbooks away. She's got Bevan's. Bevan's got hers. They're writing a nice long message to each other. And now this is the dilemma. This is a, the ultimate Brooke Davis dilemma. This is the kind of thing that happens in her life. Does she follow path A and write a message about being hit, uh, about him being a super wicked, awesome skateboarder at the X Games in the future? Or does she follow path B and pour her heart out and say, totally in love with you ferret face chase and you know put it basically put everything out on the page um and we know that seeking guidance from Peyton is just going to come with mockery and laughter and it's probably not the best option but she does kind of say you know go with your heart right write whatever you think you should write and Brooke being Brooke jumps all in feet first and pours her heart out on ferret face chase's 
yearbook um, basically declares her undying love for him, which is the reason why I think he's not going anywhere. Even though Brooke alludes to going to LA for the summer. You never know if she, she might come back and meet old ferret face again. Oh, and the clean teens thing. He's ditched the clean teens t-shirt. He's ditched the group. He said he was only doing it because of relationship issues and insecurities, which what a load of crap. What a load of our bollocks. If you like, just, oh, awful, 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 awful. Just what a terrible human being. Oh, you know, what relationship problems. So I didn't want anyone to like break my heart again. So I joined the clean teens. That makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Jesus. Terrible, 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 terrible. Um, and he's like, oh, I kind of like the idea of having sex. Well, okay. All right, mate. Calm yourself down. Keep it in there. We don't want to see that. Um, uh, and he's, you know, being all sort of awkward and weird. And like, Brooke's like, oh, you will enjoy it. And basically drooling all over him. So this just makes it even worse. And she's falling for it again. Um, but he's so judgy. He's so judgy all the time and has been so judgy from day one. I don't understand it. I really don't get it at all. But anyway, who am I to judge? I'm Dom and I'm exactly the perfect person to judge. That's who you remember that. Anyway, um, so Chase has written a very short message in um, Brooks yearbook. And it was basically like, kind of what Harrison I think was getting at it was like have a good summer um so yeah a bit of a bit of an awkward one for her she poured her heart out in, into his one and she got like just a generic one sentence back and shows Peyton and Peyton's like oh maybe should have gone with the x games one because now you look like a bit of a div um and Brooke is not happy not happy at all until later on in the episode Old FFC turns up at the door, knocking with his usual obnoxious knock um, and his stupid little face. And he says, oh, he's got incredibly pointy ears, I've noticed. If anyone likes Star Trek, if there's any crossover, he's definitely Vulcan. Um, but, you know, if you're not sure what I mean, basically Mr. Spot was a Vulcan. You can Google that. Um, and he's, very face Chase is one of them, just naturally, uh, by birth. And, um, yeah, just very, very pointy ears. It's terrifying. So obnoxiously knocks at the door, turns up uh, and basically says, I want to tell you actually that I care about you a lot more than what I wrote in your yearbook um, because I was a bit scared to write anything extra in your yearbook. So I'm going to go with that. And this is unfortunately why I think that those two are now going to be an item. They're going to be a thing. Uh, which just prolongs him in the show. This just means longevity. You know, is he now suddenly going to be in it for the remaining five seasons? I desperately, desperately hope not. I think hopefully, you know, a one and a half season wonder, we'll say season four is the half that he's been in and season five, maybe the one. Um, and then we we just don't get him anymore. I think kind of like Rachel, I'd be surprised if we see Rachel again, maybe once, maybe once but i don't think we'll see her again this season hopefully not i think she's disappeared for good i hope oh god i hope if i'm wrong i'm i'm gonna be so sad um but that's pretty much it for for brooke and 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 ffc if i've missed anything guys again hopefully when chuck appears he can let me know um and then uh if not then well 
you guys can let me know. Just get in touch. You know where I am. Instagram, you can find me. Uh, or ravensoups.net. <laughs> shamelessly plug it a thousand times when I'm on my own. Um, join it, guys. Join it. I know you want to. Um, right. And then Peyton. So Peyton also has a big decision. And this big decision is uh, that she's applied for an internship uh, at, I think she says Sci Records, and it's in Los Angeles. So she's got a big decision to make. Does she leave Lucas for the summer and go and do this internship in LA? Or does she stick around and be miserable and mopey, be attacked in her own house, probably lose more family members um, uh, and um, have a complete absentee father? What options would you go for? I think option number one, I think go to LA, get out of there for a little bit, go and live your life. Um, but yeah, I guess we shall see on that one as well. And we will be back just in a moment. I'm going to say it because Simon always says it. And we are back. We are here with new Raven. I'm going to say it as well. Legend. Chuck, welcome to the podcast. This is your first episode, but you are no stranger to us on the watch along and in the discord. Uh, welcome it's fantastic to have you here how are you doing my friend i'm doing great thanks for having me uh yeah really gotten gotten pretty popular over there in the discord just posting random stuff that comes to my mind and some of it gets a little a little out there but <laughs> it's not everybody's <laughs> good to see but i'm good with that i was doing some introductions earlier chuck uh i introduced obviously uh the podcast I introduced Katie, who I found out, unfortunately, also wasn't able to make the podcast today. So that's why uh, all of you Ravens have had to listen to me ramble on for about 40 minutes or so by myself. Um, But now I have Chuck with me and I I described you, Chuck, as the king of the Discord because you absolutely smash it in there. Everybody like loves what you post uh, and thinks you're hilarious. And um, me and Simon are no exception. We we think you're great and you're a great addition to, to the Ravens for sure. It's it's been fun being here around so far. I'll just put it that way. It's been pretty fun. Awesome. There you go. Endorsed by Chuck. And if it's endorsed by Chuck, then you guys all need to join too. Surely. Surely. Come on. Get get in there. Get in the Discord. So Chuck, how's it going? I see you've got uh you've got an LA Rams jersey on. Yeah, right? I, I'm a Rams guy, so yeah. N- nice. And you're obviously from the States, but kind of tell us a bit about yourself, where you're from. Tell us your your love of One Tree Hill and where that came from. Oh, so yeah, I live on a little town called Lansdale, Pennsylvania. It's about half hour out from Philadelphia, which is like the big city in that area. Been in about this area my whole life, you know. So perfect. Not nice. a bad place to live. So <laughs> cool. <laughs> so as far as One Tree Hill goes, it was probably not something I watched when I was in high school when it first came on. Like, if you were to ask me what the show was about, I'm not going to know. Um, Same. <laughs> Yeah. So it probably was something that came on like in the morning on this, there was like an old cable channel. And for the longest time they would show reruns of the the original Beverly Beverly Hills 90210 and then Melrose Place. I used to watch both of those shows as a kid, even though they weren't really that appropriate, especially Melrose Place was not really appropriate for like a six, seven year old kid, but I was allowed to watch it. (laughs) It was good. It was like, and this was before a lot of streaming services just started eating up shows so this was my only way of watching it. They take it off, and here comes One Tree Hill, and I'm like, what is this? So I don't really remember specifically. So it probably would have been around season three or four where I started watching them, and then maybe like season four, 
maybe six episodes ago, I actually watched in real time when it came on. And then just trying to get into the show, watching those reruns is out of habit because they took off the show that I wanted to watch. Um, (laughs) By season six, I was probably watching weekly as it progressed. So I caught on to this show probably in my early 20s. Nice. That's a, that's a that's a good start. I think that's a kind of a good place to go in, and and it's a, it's such a shame Simon isn't here. But I guess that kind of would have resonated with him uh, a lot because that's kind of where he was when he discovered it and when he started watching it. So you know, and we know the kind of impact that it had on him and the characters and the way he saw them then. And the I way know that we're now. around the same age as what the characters are supposed to be. But like I don't really even remember anybody in high school ever talking about the show. I heard about the OC a lot, but this show not that much. So. Yeah, the the kind of the same over here. The OC was over here pretty quick, and I think One Tree Hill was over here as well. I mean, obviously we've had other Brits on the podcast that have said, yeah, yeah, I used to watch it in this time, but it wasn't ever anything that was ever mentioned. No one ever talked about it. I'd, I'd never really paid the slightest bit of attention to it until Simon, you know, a couple of years back now said. I want to do a podcast about it with you. So like, yeah, right. Okay. Um, and here we are, you know, 86 episodes in. And um, then when you look at how the show is now, it, it, feel, it does feel like it's a bigger show now than when it was on. I can attest to that a little bit. It definitely feels like a bigger deal now than it used to. Yeah. So, I mean, we have, so we have a, a channel over here called ITV, which is like channel three, basically. So you BBC one, BBC two and ITV. And um, they show, one tree hill on the channel and they actually stream it on their platform and all the episodes are on their platform and prior to that it was on channel four so it you know over here it's like kind of you log into the main page of of their kind of hubs and their their iPlayers and stuff and it's there and it's there you know um kind of waiting and it's you know the kind of famous picture of the five of them all like bundled all together it's that picture and it's just kind of like okay thrown in my face okay i'll watch it yeah well it's a good thing they're using like a that promo picture and for your sake that's all i'm gonna say yeah (laughs) i mean uh i've got the box set but as as we know i'm not allowed to look at the pictures so i have to pull out the dvds without really looking at, the, at what yeah that's um, got to be tough what's on the cover yeah so it's a bit of a pain but hey i do i'll do anything for the the podcast and to remain spoiler free so chuck we need to get down to the all important question of your top 5 tv shows one tree hill is a given um is like the si- the secret sixth one uh, yeah. that you get but do you have five top tv shows that um, for the next time you come on the podcast, I will struggle to remember. This might not be as hard, maybe because there are going to be ones you may not have heard as much. So this might make it a little easier. Oh, okay. So the first one, number one with a bullet, I think is the best sitcom of all time, Frasier. I don't think I've ever really heard anybody mention that, but yeah, that's that's a top show still. Um I still I, I challenge any show to top the love story that that show told with um, Niles and Daphne. I can't think of a show that ever tops that, and how they built to it and just hit it at the right moment. It wasn't too late, wasn't too soon, right timing. I, I thought I thought you were going to say Martin and the dog. I can't remember the dog's name. Eddie. Eddie, I think you say Martin and Eddie. They were great too. They were great too. They were. Great they were a great pair. <laughs> but yeah, Nas and Daphne, definitely. I mean, what a great shout! Yeah, I don't think anyone has ever come on and said Fraser is in their top 
definitely in their top and, five. Yeah, it's a, it was like a popular show back in the day, but I, I don't know. I guess because it's not Friends, so. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, it's the most famous spinoff ever. Yeah. Ever. Yeah. So that's undeniable. So, and when, yeah. they did a, when they originally did focus groups on what character to spin off, that one was the one that did the lowest. That was. Can <laughs> <laughs> you imagine if we just called Sam? <laughs> yeah, we get like a show, a show about Norm. That would have been very good. <laughs> that would have been perfect. <laughs> I'd watch that. Woody, Woody, <laughs> Woody would have worked. Yeah, Woody, Woody would have worked. Um, but he's big time now. So, <laughs> oh, awesome, great, uh, great first choice. I'm, I'm already excited for the next four. Okay, well, number two, American Dead. Okay, good. We got like yeah, good- that's that's like one of like another show that just it took forever. It took about three or four years for that show to get to where it wanted to be, and it's like it's just like it's like this is like probably like the best idea of uh, the best example of what I would call like a cult cartoon because mm-hmm. it was once again never really that popular, but it's just been stuck around for so long. As far as just and from a streaming standpoint, it's a perfect show to stream. You can just get lost in about five or six episodes at a time. Um, and just, I mean, what, what more can you say about Roger? I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, perfect, it's one of the greatest alien. cartoons, not, not, I'm sorry, not even just cartoon, one of the greatest characters in TV history, just of what that character can do and get away with. <laughs> is, is the dad called Sam? Uh, Stan, yes. Stan, Stan, that's it. And obviously Patrick Stewart, Sir Patrick Stewart is in it. Uh, um, Deputy Bullock and yeah. Yeah, it's just maybe unbelievable. Like, maybe, yeah, one, definitely one of the better side characters because he's, yeah. they, they just, it's, I don't even, I feel like there's nothing to his dialogue. It's very <laughs> unrelated to the plot. It's just, let's get Patrick Stewart to say some fucked up shit. Yeah, basically. <laughs> I think, I think those shows, so like American Dad and Family Guy, because of the sense of humor and the, like the sense of, silliness sarcasm and just the way it's put together really popular over here they're really really popular um in the uk but i know that american dad was like dropped by networks or cancelled a couple of times and then has come uh, not yeah, regular, like, family guy. it was on fox and then it moved over to like a, a cable channel and yeah now there's even even though they just got renewed there is some concern that it might get taken down yeah, it's just just all these channels that keep like dropping in and stuff like that. But it's really popular over here, and it's kind of like we. There was like there was some big merger with like the Turner channels here, and it's going to get ugly. So. I'm thinking <laughs> like that's one of the yeah because they want to be more reality based, have more reality based programming and sports. Uh-huh. Like uh, they're going to be looking at that. That's going to be one of the first things I think they want to get rid of. So well, hopefully they keep making it. Just even if it's just yeah. for you, Chuck. Oh, <laughs> uh, awesome what, what's what's next on the agenda three oh, so number three here's like the uh the dark horse show everybody has like i feel like everybody needs to have a show that nobody else knows mm-hmm. so i mean that's almost the basis of this podcast when it comes to, <laughs> you didn't know what montreal was probably so. basically yeah so this show is um called call me fits i'm not sure if you've ever heard of it no. Yeah. This was like um, a Can- like a Canadian sitcom. And I'm sure that there are some Canadian shows you're familiar with. I'm not sure if they are popular in the UK. Stuff like Trailer Park Boys, Letter Kenny. What was the other one? There's something else that was really big. I know, uh, well, it's not a comedy, but like Degrassi, that's, I mean, another teen drama. I know that's, that's another one that's been popular over here from Canada. Call Me Fits is like the, the like the award-winning show. But doesn't nobody watched? 
<laughs> Nobody watched. It's so um, good. Nobody wanted to watch it. But here's the best selling point I can give to you. It's a comedy. It's about a, a used car sales salesman played by Jason Priestley, who is so morally bankrupt, he makes Dan Scott look like Keith Scott. <laughs> that's the old, that's Perfect. my best selling point to the show. That's it. <laughs> he makes go. Dan look like Keith. <laughs> and that, that is saying something because we all know Dan is a bit of a bastard. <laughs> yes, yes. Dan, Dan wouldn't hire this guy. <laughs> He's not hiring him. No. Oh, excellent. Well, we'll have to give that a try. I think this is this sounds like one of those sorts of shows that Simon's like, oh, yeah, I've heard of this or I've seen an episode, but he's not it's, really. It's, yeah, it's, it, possibly. Although I, it's it's hard to put down after one episode. So, I mean, I don't know if he I, I, I'm going to have my doubts to say he doesn't know what the show is. We'll see. Oh, OK, well. <laughs> Well, ask him when he when he reappears. If if he gets the opportunity to jump on uh, today, then um, we'll, we'll ask him. But if not, then I'll ask him the next time I see him. Hopefully, when he listens back, he he can answer you. Um, you know, or we could just ask him in Discord. Whatever. <laughs> what we got as number four? Number four, uh, Southland. Oh, it's not one I'm familiar with either. It's yeah, the, the, another oddly enough, another cancelled show that was like originally like on NBC gets canceled, ends up on one of the other Turner channels, just like American Dad. And it and then of course once you're on once you move over to basic cable, you can get away with a little more. You can be a little more graphic with what do you want to do. <laughs> this show was kind of like almost what like if NYPD Blue took place in the early 2010s and obviously was in Los Angeles instead of New York City. It's a show where like the crimes and all that stuff that's going on is like while still important more to the backside and it's more about the characters that your main characters on the show and what they're dealing with in terms of having to deal with the crimes. Um, really good stopgap show for a lot of actors because like you'll, you'll, when you see like, if you ever see the opening credits, you'll recognize a lot of people right away. You'll see Ben McKenzie who was obviously oh, yeah. get from the OC who then goes to that show Moves on to Gotham, and that was a long run for him playing that playing James Gordon. That's a big deal. Mm. Um, Michael Cudlitz, who I'm sure you're familiar with from because I know that you're a big Band of Brothers fan. I know he was in that in, the, in that show. Yeah, he's he's like the best character on the show. If you just want to see a, he's he plays a uniform cop, and he's this like a laundry list of just shit in his life <laughs> while having to be a cop. <laughs> In LA and just having to deal with, you know, yeah. And then, yeah, it's, yeah, just, that's another show. I, I actually just started rewatching that and there's like only about five seasons, but yeah, just a, I'm not a big, last thing, I'm not a big SVU fan. Mm. It's a little too much like on the nose. It just wants to focus on the case and it just feels like you're, they're just spouting off catchphrases at this, at this point. <laughs> you want to watch a good cop show, you watch Southland. Simple as oh. Awesome. Cool. Well, yeah, like it's got Bull Ranamon in it. So, yeah, why not? I'd give that a watch. <laughs> and so, number five. The last one, last but not least. Married with Children. Wow. I yes. think one person has mentioned Married with Children before, um, but not not many people are that familiar, to be fair. Which, I, which is weird because it's never disappeared. It's just always been around. 
it, it's never disappeared in reruns. It's on all the streaming devices, but I mean, I get some of it hasn't, maybe some of the comedy hasn't aged well. <laughs> yeah. I guess anything that Al Bundy says is, isn't going to yeah. age well. Because <laughs> I just only heard today that they wanted to reboot the show and the rumor is it's coming back as a cartoon. Oh, wow. Okay. What with, with, the, with, the, original ca- with the original cast and everything, but it'll be a cartoon. I can't remember her name, but she's in, she's like Leela's voice in Futurama. She's in it. Yeah, the mom. Yeah, that's it. Um, And she was in Smart House, which was mine and Simon's first podcast as well um, that we did. So, yeah, she's she's fond in our hearts for that reason. And, yeah, I guess, yeah, Married with Children, what a great choice as well. Some great choices there. I mean, I think I will... Definitely remember Frasier, American Dad, and, and uh, Married with Children. The other two, Southland, and I've already forgotten it. Call Me Fitz. Call Me Fitz uh, will be the two I struggle with, I'm sure, the next time you're on. But, yeah, hopefully I've, I've got them locked in and, and we'll remember them. And, Chuck, have you got a, a trash film, a film that's just so bad you can't help but love it? Everybody, I, every time I listen to the show, everybody, seem, everybody tends to struggle with this one. <laughs> I did too, but for different reasons, because I just love bad movies. Oh, <laughs> like, nice. the, like, I just, I can't get enough of them. Like some people watch it like a bad movie, never want to watch it. I'm like, I need to watch it five more times. I want to see what this <laughs> So I'm going to pick um, Showdown in Little Tokyo. Oh, uh, uh, again, something I've not seen. You would, uh, you got to watch it. You'll love it. <laughs> Showdown because, in Little Tokyo. Well, I mean, I know you use art. I know you were big Lethal Weapon fans, so you just need a new buddy cop movie. So, oh, okay, here, here's your buddy cop movie, and it's it's a really it's like I said, bad movie. You'll be done it in eighty minutes. It doesn't even run eighty minutes. Like the final <laughs> credits toll, you're at 77, 78 minutes. It's such a badly cut down movie. It might as well have just been a team. Like you can watch two Tree Hill episodes. Yeah, the movie's over. But um, yeah, it's it takes it, there is like a nice little twist on the buddy cop thing. So there are two LAPD cops in Little Tokyo. You have the white cop played by Dolph Lundgren, and then you have the Japanese American cop played by Brandon Lee. But they're wow. kind of reversed in their way that their their cultures are. Whereas the white cop is the one well versed in Japanese culture, and the Japanese guy is like, well, I just know karate, and that's it. I don't know anything else. <laughs> and he and Britain. Brandon Lee's one of those guys who we lost way too soon. Mm. As you know, he was the star of The Crow, which um, these were talking about a few weeks ago in your interview with uh, Colin. Because I, I, like, I, I never knew that that took place on the same sound stages where Brandon Lee accidentally got shot. Mm. Like, that was wild. Like, I would have almost been like, can we shoot somewhere else? This is not, this might be a bad omen. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit, a bit of an ominous kind of stage yeah. to be on. Let's, let's move. Yes. Yeah. Funny enough, The Crow, I, I put on Netflix earlier and it was the first advertised movie that came up. Uh, I think they've just added it, uh, definitely just added it over here. And um, yeah, I was very surprised to see it. And I was like, oh, okay. I don't think, I don't really remember it. Like, I, I, obviously it's massively famous so you kind of know the story but i haven't watched it in such a long time that i need to just kind of revisit but now it's on netflix i think it's like a very solid b plus movie i i I, i'm not i don't love it as much as everybody else yeah they have their hardcore fans i mean i'm definitely in the camp of don't ever try to reboot it like 
you've already done enough sequels. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was True. one. With, I mean, there was one with Edward Furlong. That's when we should have said stop. <laughs> <laughs> Please turn it off. <laughs> uh, just, just no, no more. Awesome. Well, let's get into this episode of One Tree Hill. So, episode nineteen of season four. It's a fairly big one in terms of how it ends. Uh, and I had described earlier when I was, you know, quite gladly talking to myself, um, but super happy that you're here, that I've actually got someone else to talk to, um, that, um, you know, Tahani had mentioned at the end of the watch along that she might have thought I was a bit, you know, like yeah, the, the episode's a bit there until the end. And, you know, it kind of felt like that. But actually, when I watched it for the second time, there are some actually really like good, nice moments. So I have actually covered Nathan and Haley, Mouth and Gigi. And pretty much Face Chase, Brooke, and Peyton. I haven't covered like the main okay. event, but more than happy for you to kind of jump back through kind of any thoughts that you have on the characters that I've already talked about and kind of see what you think about the storyline because there might be bits that I've missed um, as well. So well, the first yeah. thing is, I can actually see why that you enjoyed it the second time better because there's things there. There are a lot of plots in this episode that since they are not as deep as what's going on with Lucas, mm. that you kind of just almost don't want to, you just kind of want them to, to just brush them off. Like as much as I want to say, I didn't really care for the, the Brooke and Peyton stuff with the yearbook and talking about their future. It's like these, these two girls have been through a lot. Maybe they just deserve a simple storyline where they're just worried about a yearbook signing. So, yeah. I, I, unfortunately I, we had to involve chase with that. <laughs> <laughs> that is the, the biggest problem is that. I, I, and like, I, like you saw my notes in discord. It's like chase is back and he, I don't know why he's back. And, <laughs> and here's where, and this is the one part of when I had to rewatch it after the because I went rewatch it after the watch along too to take the notes down and this is where I was like this is one thing I didn't like I I joined the clean team so I could hide oh yeah well oh. you didn't do a good job of hiding because mm. you you joined you joined them and you're now dating the you were dating the student body principal uh, president I said principal <laughs> <laughs> that's not hiding and. <laughs> It's the opposite of hiding. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I alluded to a similar sort of thing, and I said I've now started calling Ferret Face Chase FFC just to you know make it a little bit quicker. And uh, his just obnoxiously pointy ears, the fact that he <laughs> is just writing crap things in people's yearbooks and then turning up at their door saying, "And oh, I'm just actually, gonna, and I'm just going to throw it out there." Two episodes ago, there was a moment when both uh, when Peyton and Brooke when they're both screaming at the top of their lungs as Psycho Derek turns the music up. I know for a fact that that little douchebag is skating by the house on a skateboard. <laughs> falls off, mind you, because he's probably not that good. He falls off. I won't judge because I can't skateboard either, but he's fall- he- He's on his ass, and he probably starts crying, and that's why he doesn't hear anything and he walks up. So, <laughs> I'm just throwing that out there. He, he wasn't at prom. What else would can he be doing? Well, it was a perfect assessment of, of what he was probably doing at the time. Yeah, yeah. spot on. That's that it doesn't matter if it didn't happen it happened <laughs> and then as far as the nathan and Haley stuff goes i'm just really confused on why nathan's point shaving scandal would affect why she couldn't give a speech like as far as i'm concerned why does the school board even know they're married 
<laughs> they should, it's not really their business. I mean, maybe they just, it's a small town. I get that, but like. They, they've got to throw a spanner in the work somewhere. So uh, when I was mumbling to myself earlier, I, I didn't really, I didn't really understand the valedictorian thing. Is it the, the student that has the highest it is the student, yeah, the student has the highest grades because that's what she alluded to right. when she thought she wasn't going to do the speech. She's like, someone test higher than me. And it'd be, it would have been funny if he said, yeah, Chase. Uh, Chase. Yeah. <laughs> he's been here for two months, but he's got better grades than you. He took one yeah. test and, you know, that's all he needed, 100%. You didn't he, sm- he smashed it already. You're nothing compared to him. <laughs> it's like, uh, it's, here's the thing. When she goes, oh, yeah, you know, the, they took it away because of the whole, like, you know, the, the tutor room scandal. It's like, well, yeah, that makes sense. He, of course, Nathan doesn't buy it, and that's where I did. That's where it loses me. It's like why these things shouldn't be connected. And he's lucky that he's the punishment that he's gotten for. I mean, that's a pretty harsh punishment now that he's lost a scholarship, essentially. But there is not a scenario where because this is something that has happened before. Like this is like point shaving scandals have existed. This does not make any sense that they wouldn't have been stripped of the state title oh yeah actually yeah good point like and yeah that, that like imagine if that would have been a big selling point for the rest of the season with your state championship never happened like yeah there's other stuff I'm, going on and i understand that but that would have been pretty interesting it's like you just lost your state title i mean that even happened in the semi-final didn't it so you almost expect to let the semi-finalists play the other finalist team and see the outcome of that and they're the real state champions right yeah it would make more sense i i'd I'd be willing to to let that happen and give that a go strip them all of their title however our main man whitey is the only one that's really going to suffer out of that right that's true and he and as as you can see in this episode just packing up the office he was suffering and then we also have to uh, be honest it's tv nothing's going to be a lot certain like even like, like I, it's funny. It's something I never thought about before the whole gun thing. I never even thought about that. <laughs> well, I I realized my mistake on the gun thing. So I should have probably mentioned this when I was on my own. But I owe the world an apology, and that I made a mistake with the gun. With with um, Dan holding the gun at the beginning of the last episode isn't the same gun that Jimmy had. It's a different oh. gun. So it's totally my fault. I thought it was a great theory to begin with. I also thought it was incredibly dumb and it turns out I'm incredibly dumb. So yeah, yeah. everyone that was listening, thinking Dom, you're a fool. People have probably messaged Simon, all sorts of threats uh, about me. Take it all back people because I'm taking it back too. I am a bit thick. So there you go. Well, it was quiet in the discord. So <laughs> yeah, no one, yeah, no one else actually picked up on it. So <laughs> Maybe I should have just kept my mouth shut and I could have played it out. I could have played that one out. But it still doesn't really explain why Dan wanted to go and buy a new gun. But hey-ho, just up- upgrades, you know. Um, okay, like, the, we'll just jump back to Peyton and Brooke very quickly. They kind of have a a nice episode, like you said, and they do yeah. kind of need that time. And I, I kind of alluded earlier on that, um, Peyton has a, ch- they both have a choice to make. Uh, the choice for Brooke is what do I write in, um, FFC's yearbook? Do I write, go and win the X games or do I write, you know, I, I'm totally madly in love with you. And Peyton's choice is, do I go to the internship in LA and potentially, you know, have a good time and further my 
you know, career and my prospects and aspects in life? Or do I stay in a town where I've been attacked? I've lost two mums. I've had a new brother being, you know, shipped off to, you know, Iraq or Afghanistan, uh, potentially. And um, I have an absentee father. So, you know, it doesn't really seem like a difficult choice, to be honest, but they're, they're both presented with these situations. She should have booked her flight yesterday. <laughs> yeah, she should just be on it. Just text Luke, uh, Lucas while you're at the airport and be like, I'm off to LA for a bit. Haven't seen you in a few days. I'll catch you when I come back. Uh, dear Luke, I'm in LA. I don't need ass. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh. Leave me alone. <laughs> nice callback. I like it. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, she kind of, Peyton kind of really wants Lucas's opinion on this um, and is is a little bit apprehensive to tell him but she also says like basically where the fuck have you been for the last two days because i've not heard from you and he's doing that thing of just not talking to anyone and not communicating with people and being a little bit absent although in this episode when he does communicate with people he comes across as a bit of a crazy person yes yes he definitely does and good so you time to jump into that i guess then. would you think peyton go definitely go peyton Go to LA, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> definitely go. Definitely go, Peyton Brooke. Definitely write about the X Games and bin him off and everybody else live your life. But that's pretty much them. Yeah. So we can it. Well, let's like start pushing to the main event. The main event being Dan, Lucas, police stations, Karen, gunshot. Tell me a little bit about it, Chuck. You don't have to do a full synopsis, but you you do what you do, you bro. Well, <laughs> the episode starts where the last one ends with Lucas walking in on Karen and Dan making out, and thankfully, at, oh, could you imagine if Abby didn't say anything yet? <laughs> because we already know, we already know that Lucas has overheard his mom and Andy in the bedroom and, and bedroom and really enjoyed that. So you may have. God knows what his reaction would have been if he didn't know what Dan did. At least it is he his knows. dad this time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Dad, finally. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy. <laughs> but Two of them pulling down thankfully, Daddy. Just thankfully, weird. Abby. Thank, thank you, Abby, for like, you know, saving us from that. <laughs> yeah. He comes in, immediately punches Dan. Dan hits him with an elbow right to the nose. And he has no issue hitting that kid, does he? <laughs> <laughs> As we've, we've established that both of his sons have struck both sons have struck Dan. He will not come back at Nathan. <laughs> well, I, I genuinely there's a there's a moment where he he pushes him against that that kind of dresser, yeah. and it actually looks like it hurts Paul. I actually put I actually thought oh like his back's really bent bent back over it there. So it actually it looks real, like you think it was a real elbow. <laughs> I think he smacked him one. I think he's proper hit him and gone, you, you hit me, I'm hitting you back. I think it's real. <laughs> and well-deserved. Don't push yeah. me into a chest of drawers. How dare you? So as he, as he then, as you said, he's very, he's not all there this episode because of what he's been told and he rightfully so. So, yeah. I, I mean, even in the police station and he goes up to the, the first police officer and says, I want to, talk to a detective it's like how very i don't know how quite childlike that he he sort of walks in and presents himself and says i want to talk to a detective and the cop the copper i say copper the police officer is like what for what do you want like just tell me what you want because you're you're wasting everyone's time and it's like i want to report a murder <laughs> i was like oh okay and then he's in with the the main detective and this is where 
Dan enters uh, as well. He's kind of like explaining freshly the whole situation. Cleans, freshly cleaned, freshly shaven. Karen, what did she do to that man? <laughs> she <laughs> helped him breathe. For those, ten, for those 10 seconds, man, she just... She helped him breathe. That's all he wanted. He needed some oxygen. He needed some air. She was helping him breathe. Um, and now he's fine. Then he went and shaved, sorted himself and out. now he's at his best or, I mean, well, his worst, depending on where you look at it, because he just comes in cocky as hell. Hey, I'm, you got to understand, I'm dating the boy's mom. Mm. <laughs> and at and, first, I'm and, not sure if we've gone that far into their relationship where he could just say, oh, we're dating again. <laughs> he just doesn't mean you're dating. I mean, even when you're in your 30s. You gotta, it'd, be, it'd be brilliant if the cop turned around and went, what base are you at? <laughs> I'll, I'll be there. Might as well because that cop was not listening to one damn word Lucas had to say. There was like he he, he immediately like he, he starts off with so let me get this straight. You're accusing your father, the mayor of the town, that he killed his brother, your uncle. It's like yeah, it does not sound believable. <laughs> yeah, it's this sounds like the most ridiculous drummed up teenage revenge story I've ever heard. Get out of my office. It's that kind of moment. And unfortunately, that's exactly what happens. But Dan kind of has a good alibi in that that police officer came and told him that Keith was dead. So, you know, what better alibi to have in in your pocket, you know, um, than than, than that exact copper, I suppose. And as the episode moves on, Lucas is in Dan's house. So in the, I think he's still in the beach. Is he still in the beach house? He does go to the beach house. Yes. Cause I, yeah, it's gotta be the beach house. Um, and we're looking at the red painted wall. aren't yeah, we? And he's like, why did you paint the wall red? Dan? <laughs> but this is, this is the perfect, perfect tone change from Dan from last episode to this episode. And he does specific tones for the specific moods that he's in. And when he's in his particularly shitty, scheming mood he's like lucas what are you doing in my house? and he's very assertive and to the point you now in the last episode he was basically a like blabbering mess um and when he's pretending to be nice to lucas he's really softly spoken go oh no every every kid should get their you know first tucks from their dad and every kid but when he's like what are you doing in my house lucas and it's a bit more forceful and he's very like in your face and he's gonna make you look like an idiot without really having to do much you're just you know just make you feel tiny because he just because even though time's running after this man because something that there's now a witness has come forward to somebody at least he knows he i mean he, he knows the truth so he's just gotta put in as much manipulation as he can to keep to save his own save his own ass do we actually hear abby tell lucas about the paint on the wall I can't remember. He vaguely just said stuff about sending him messages. So obviously that could entail the actual text messages and the other, the more metaphorical messages, which also wouldn't be metaphorical, metaphorical because they were still physically written. It's like, hmm. it's just like the, the Bible verse on the wall and all that. So yeah. I think, when she, I think her exact words, I sent him messages. So I, you can assume that she implied both text and that stuff. Yeah. What what I really um, want to happen, so maybe a mini prediction, but we'll, we'll see, is that like with anything, 
particularly, I talk about Shakespeare a lot in, in other podcasts that we've done, our movie ones, I've talked about it a little bit here. But when it comes to Shakespeare, it's all about talking to people. It's all about discovering the truth. And if I tell you that, you know, what I've seen and discovered and found in a, in a pretty standard normal way, and you tell me what you've seen and found and discovered, we can pretty much put two and two together and actually make four. But with a show like this, they put two and nine together and make 482 it doesn't make any sense so um with lucas pretty much would only really need to speak to whitey and say funny enough i got told by this girl abby that she was writing stuff on his walls because he killed keith and he would go oh yeah i saw that on the on the wall of his office because i remembered asking him about it so that definitely happened Um, and there's already a point of proof at any point lucas could say to anyone that was in the tutor center you remember that girl, Abby Brown? And each and every single one of them would go, yeah, she was the one that Jimmy let out because she's diabetic. And he was, did have you know, that conversation with skills, but this is before he knew what happened. Ex- exactly. But and at this point, and, really and, pressed about her with any, and that's, he has not really pressed about her with anybody else at this point. And what frustrated me the most about this episode, the most about this episode is when he talks to Karen and says, starts the sentence with, I had a dream. And the dream was that there was a girl. And why did you start with that? She really thinks you're crazy. Now she thinks you're more crazy. Don't just say there was a girl in the tube center. She was also, let out. When he, of course, when he starts with saying, I had a dream, you would think he'd be talking about Keith. Yeah, exactly. Like, and then he, like, he, I don't think it's ever yet. Like, cause here's what, it's not a dream. He didn't dream Abby. Abby really happened. She existed, <laughs> you know. She's a person. Yeah, like this. Yeah, so you're he he, he starts off over two because obviously physically assaulting Dan was not the best way of going about it. I, like I said in the chat, how did he not? How did she not slap? Him? <laughs> like, how great would it have been if like he got another swing at Dan? Dan ducks. Now he's got. He's just got both of his arms. He's like, get him, honey. <laughs> we're dating now <laughs> <laughs> we're dating now we do this as a couple my letterman jacket as I finish you off <laughs> and uh, some some fool from England will buy it <laughs> <laughs> I know that guy <laughs> yeah, yeah he's familiar to me <laughs> oh wow uh, well yeah but just what the I payoff mean, to this I mean maybe it was just because we needed that payoff to that scene where she, like I said, she's already kind of very emotional before he starts talking. She already looks like she's in tears. Yeah. And when the kicker to this is, she echoes what Dan said to her that he needs help. And he just, Lucas is at this point defeated. He's done. He, he has nothing. Mm-hmm. It's over. At this point, in his mind, it's over. I yeah, can't. I, and I mean, throughout the episode, he's saying goodbye to people. So he says goodbye, pretty much says goodbye to Haley, my best friend. You've always been my best friend. You know, uh, I'll always see you that way, and I hope you always see me that way. Kind of sentiment in the in the hallways, especially with the yearbook. Still and then <laughs> he he writes in Peyton's yearbook. You know, I'll always love you. I'll love you no matter what. Just kind of remember that. And with mouth, he says, you've been a great friend and, you know, you kind of always been a great friend. So he's saying goodbye to people. He knows what he's going to do. He's, you know, Haley has said, this is where the gun is. And he's made that decision. He's made that choice. So as he's going through the rest of his school day, he's kind of saying goodbye to people. Like, I'm going to go and do some dumb shit. You're not going to see me again, but just know that 
you're always in my heart. I've always thought of you as a great friend. Uh, you know, I'm always going to love you. And that's kind of him signing off. You know, that's, that's it. He's, he's, he thinks he's done for. I'm Lucas Scott. I'm going to kill, I'm going to go kill my father. Welcome to Jackass. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Maybe that'll end up in the Discord. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I would like that. And then the, then the slaps <laughs> but to the rest yes. of the theme theme tune. Um, so, yeah, uh, we get the the moment he goes to the cookie jar. I, I complained about the cookie jar again. I, I, was on I had a lot of problems with the build up to this scene. All it should have been was Haley mentioning the gun, him making that face. And then we never we should never see him with the gun until he pulls it up in front of Dan. We should have never seen the gun after until then. But so much exposition, where the gun is, like, what, they, what they're doing with the gun. You he, know. They show him physically take the gun. Mm-hmm. When he pulls up to the house, they show him then taking the safety off. Like we, All we needed was him knowing the gun was there and then him holding the gun up to Dan. I'm pretty else, sure. I'm pretty sure when he pulls the gun out of the biscuit, I call it a biscuit tin, but the, the jar, yeah. the cookie jar, sorry. Um, there's no clip in the bottom of the gun. In the There's no clip in it. I'm yes. pretty sure. But anyway, that's... Because it shouldn't have been loaded because she just finished cleaning it. And exactly. I think, I, I felt like she still wanted to do, to do some target practice right there with Nathan there. She was aiming, <laughs> at, that, she was aiming at the mantel. She wanted to take down that duck on the mantelpiece. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and that, that must have been like a Dan selection or something. I don't know. It's like, what would have been perfect is if Nathan was holding a doll and just dropped the doll at that point. It would have been very reminiscent of the previous episode, but never mind. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think uh, I complained about the, the cookie jar in that it was it looked like a gift from someone and it's the kind of thing that you're gifted someone who comes around to your house, you know, a few times a year, let's say. Well, or you, or you have to, you have to bring it out. So you kind of hide it because you think it's disgusting, but you have to bring it out when they turn up um, just to make it look like you use it all year round. Do you have anything like that? Uh, well, I've got a Festivus pool I never put away. <laughs> <laughs> it just sits out yeah, It just sits there on the windowsill. Why not? There you go. Well, we've all got something. So we've all got something that uh, guarantee this. We've all been gifted something. We don't like it. We hide it away until that person like comes around and then it's like, oh yeah, yeah, it's always out. And you're like trying to, you know, make it look worn or used uh, depending on what it is. There you go. I'm convinced of that. Back to Lucas. Lucas has, but like Dan has quite cleverly convinced Karen that Lucas is a bit nuts. And uh, by the time Lucas is then in the house with the gun and pointing it, he's already acting pretty nuts. And he's just coming across as, as someone's crazy. And people who profess like he did that they're not crazy definitely always look crazy. Yeah. Which and I find he, he, very His strange. eyes were like his eyes when that gun was out were like, he wasn't squint, that squinty. <laughs> the, the most wide-eyed Lucas we've seen. Yeah. He was ready, ready to ready to shoot. And and the tension builds. Um, and Karen is, you know, has her her little collapse, unfortunately. And this is the moment. Is Dan goes right? I need to I need to help her. I need to. She's pregnant. She's on the floor. We got to do something about this. She's unconscious. It's not good. And he's stay away from her. Stay away from her. And bang, end of the episode. Um, so now I have to make a prediction on what the hell happened so i reckon karen's down 
I reckon, obviously, um, Dan gets shot at. But we miss Dan. I don't think we've hit Dan. I think Dan has ducked down just in time and we've hit like the door frame behind him or shot through the kitchen window or something like that. And uh, Lucas, maybe in a shock that he's never fired a gun before, drops it or, you know, it might be the perfect moment for Ferret Face Chase to come in and save the day, but he's probably busy falling off his skateboard like you mentioned earlier. He catches the stray, you're saying? (laughs) That would be even better. Him and Rachel just happened to be outside at that moment. It was through both of them. She (laughs) is not in town. Don't tease me like that. (laughs) I'm glad you hate her as well. I was saying... I love her. What are you talking about? I had a a good, like, five minutes on my own saying how much I despise her. Um, She um, a crimson-haired ganja queen. <laughs> she has her flaws, but don't they all? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> oh, no way. Anyway, um, uh, I think Lucas will probably drop the gun or be in so much shock that, like, how loud it is or that he missed or something like that, that Dan will get to maybe tackle him off the ground, uh, tackle him off the ground, tackle it up. Well, I'm assuming that when you, when, you, when you rewatch, you you paid attention to the last two mo- uh, movements, would have, which would have been Dan moving and then the gun. So you're probably thinking, did the gun move with Dan? I, I think I think he I think he was quite still. I think Dan moved and he fired. Okay, and it's it's the bullet has gone where Dan was, not where Dan is going to or is. Exactly, yeah. Um. So that's my thought. I don't think Dan's been shot. Maybe this would have been. Maybe this would have been a little more executed better. Maybe if Lucas's eyes went with Dan because they didn't go. They don't. They they stayed straight too. Yeah, so he's pretty much. That would have left. That would have added more ambiguity to what we've mm. got. Yeah, I think yeah. he's pretty much just dead straight. Gonna fire. Too much of a panic. I guess it's a stressful thing as a as a teenage lad with a weapon for the first time pointing at someone he's convinced has done something wrong when everybody is um, kind of being convinced like everyone that he, you know, that his mom anyway, that, that he loves is, is being convinced or told that he's kind of losing it a little bit. Um, and it's kind of convincing him as well. He doesn't really know about Abby. He doesn't really know what's going on. So he's just being made to believe that he's crazy, but he's almost certain that he isn't and fires the weapon. So I think if it does hit Dan, it's a graze. It's nothing but you know, nothing he can't handle. This is going to graze his shoulder or graze his arm or something like that. It's enough for him to still be able to take um, Lucas out. But I, I'd be very surprised if we have another shooting and it's a successful one so early on. I, I'm still convinced Dan is a niner uh, and won't be out yet. So um, yeah, I, I kind of think, Lucas will then end up in some kind of on some kind of ward, some kind of psychiatric care in the next episode. We'll miss graduation because I think graduation is the next episode. But I'm not entirely sure. And um, that's kind of it. I, I'm not sure if, if he's, he's just, just sitting there and all he hears is sup, yo, and there's Tim. <laughs> <laughs> He's not not a patient, he's an orderly. (laughs) Or just put him in the same cell as Ian. (laughs) Just put him in in there. (laughs) Um, uh, But I kind of think that he's going to be in some sort of care. Dan's not going to 
press charges because you, you know he's going to say he's kind of lost it mentally he didn't know what he was doing so he doesn't go to prison but yeah that's that's kind of my thoughts and then the rest of the gang go to graduation then probably have to visit lucas at some point definitely Peyton will um so yeah he's going to be the only one that misses her speech so uh, Haley's speech, I mean. So maybe Haley will go to the, the the ward that he's on and do the speech there. You never know. <laughs> Be like, let's record it. We'll just send hanging it. out of his mouth. Eyes are to normal squinting state. Yeah, <laughs> he's no longer foaming. <laughs> uh, and that's it. That's kind of my predictions for the episode. Hopefully, um, it, yeah, that's that's good enough and that you've enjoyed that. But I think we'll move on to the all-important predictions. What do you say, Chuck? Okay, sure. Predictions, let's go. Anything else you want to add uh, on the episode or any of the characters before we uh, get deep into the predictions? Well, yeah, let's let's just... I, some, we didn't... Because you talked about before I came on. Let's just say this was a good mouth episode. Like, yeah. A good, we finally got good mouth again. We don't. We haven't gotten a lot of good mouth in a while. And like I said, when I first joined here, he Brooke took him to that strip club and it ruined him. <laughs> Definitely. And she changed him. <laughs> yeah. like Indirectly, not her fault, really. It's not, it's on him. His, his behavior is on his own after that point. But like, this was a good, a good episode for him. He wasn't being, you know, the whiny, I'm better than everybody that, because I'm a nice guy. He was just, Where's Jimmy in the yearbook? And mm. I also thought it was kind of weird that when Gigi handed him the yearbook and then went, you want to go work on it? And then that's obviously they fixed it. So wait, they were going to give Jimmy a yearbook where he was cropped out? Of? Like she was going to give him the cropped out yearbook? Or did I, am I missing that? No, yeah, that's, that's exactly what, what they were going to get. Now, the only reason why I find that weird is because Gigi's, the one character trait that's like established with her is that she's always thinking two steps ahead mm. in her life. Like, because remember when she asked Math out, she was like, "I'm going to ask you out." And then when she dumped him, she's like, "I'm going to dump you." <laughs> like, you would have thought that she said, "Here, I have this yearbook. You should go to this page. You you might like it." And you would have. And instead, we get the Jimmy photo there instead. Although I guess it was nice to to get that moment when with his mom instead, though, because uh, I said that she was a fantastic crier, and she had probably one of the best scenes in the entire episode, and she's in it for about two minutes. Yeah, uh, and- I thought she's brilliant. And for a little unintentional humor, because obviously there is a moment when Mouth knocks on the door, he tippy toes up to look. To- <laughs> <laughs> Did we need that? <laughs> Are you in? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Maybe it was the Python pushing him up. Oh, Have, a look. Have a look. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, not now. That's your best friend's mom. <laughs> you got, I, I know, I know, I know that there are, I know that Simon has those textbooks that he talks about, but that stuff exists like that in those textbooks, but now's not the time. <laughs> She's still grieving, Mouth. Put it oh. away. <laughs> well, awesome. Thank you so much. Um, like Brilliant analysis there. Um, well, let's get into judgments. Um, for anyone who's listening and wants to join us on the podcast, you can join us at ravenshoops.net. Uh, why Chuck? Because basketballs always go through hoops, and they also go through nets. There you go. I had to recruit you into that one, and you didn't even know it was coming. So, 
Perfect. Ravenshoops.net. Um, I would have up. If I only had to do one. So if I had to do both, I was going to get it. <laughs> there you go. You go. Well, well versed now. Um, I only ever have to do the one. Uh, what's really weird is I did the intro and I've, I've not done the full intro for this podcast before on my, on my own. So I had to do the whole, the whole thing on my own and I messed it up about three times. Oh, so <laughs> hey, this is a very special episode on part. Of it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's about 80 minutes of me going um uh, uh, uh <laughs> it's it's uh, episode 19 Perfect. season uh <laughs> rubbish dress joeful. Okay, so let's go for the judgments. Let's start with your favorite background performer one line or less. It's got to be everybody's Sheldon. <laughs> It's it's gotta be the last hasn't it? surviving clean team. He is going. <laughs> he is going to take the these next three years. Here's my prediction: the next three years, he's going to have another growth spurt. He's going to. Oh well, Whitey won a state championship. This kid's going to win four state championships. He's going to be drowning in girls. He like he said he can't wait. He was excited. He's ready. Brooke kind of played him down. No, this kid's going to. These kids going places. <laughs> you know what? I totally agree. I think he is the perfect choice. I've got him written down as my favorite background performer, but an honorable mention to the kids sitting at the front and the, in the corner when Brooke is there. And he's like, it's really pervy. He's really he was, like, yeah, checking yeah. her out. But I mean, for whatever reason, his face yeah, he looked was really fucking good. Man. He looked like yeah. a man. <laughs> <laughs> He's so young. Maybe he was like a, maybe he was gifted. I don't know. <laughs> He's jumped a few years, and there was, a, and then there was another. Now, my first thought, like I felt bad saying this, I'm like, I'm so glad um, Jimmy's mom had two lines because she wouldn't that disqualifies her because it would have been hard to not pick her. But yeah, it was Sheldon. It's got to be Sheldon. <laughs> and then honorable mention into there's a girl behind Mouth and Brooke when not Mouth and Brooke, uh, Mouth and Lucas when Lucas signs the yearbook, and she's really like excited that he's signing it, like. How did she get through that? Like she shouldn't have been able to show that much emotion. <laughs> like, like she felt like she was like a viewer, like the way she reacted. She was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, she probably was. What would have been amazing is if she tried to like take that page because it's got um, Chad Michael Murray's signature on it. <laughs> She's like mine now, my yearbook. Um, okay, cool. Excellent. Um, what was your favorite song of the episode? I had to write this one down. Um, I put down it was it was the last one by uh Aqualung, something to believe in. And it wasn't so much the song itself, but as the way that it abruptly cuts out to when Lucas shows up. Like that cutoff like is pretty good. But then the opening lyric to the song I went because I went to go look up the lyrics was you talk too much, maybe that's the way of breaking up the silence that fills you up, but it doesn't sound the same when no one's really listening. Like that is just Lucas to a T this all, all over. Yeah. He's talking to everybody, but nobody's really listening. And the perfect song for the episode, which I also picked. So awesome. Great job. You know, it starts with Chase's bad rom-com acting with, I don't know how to tell you I love you. You just did. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm not a clean teen anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he he did that. Yeah, he definitely went like, oh, maybe I would enjoy sex. So he was using clean teens as like reverse psychology. Yeah, exactly. I... Begrudgingly, was like, damn, why did I do that in high school? <laughs> Smart bastard. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, yeah, he's not as dumb as we thought. Where is he? I don't know. 
Okay. Uh, what was your favourite line of the episode? Uh, got one. Kind of went with the uh, the weighty line with um. I thought I wrote it down. We'll cut through this, right? Yeah. It's when um, Whitey is talking with Nathan at the River Court. He says, people love a guy who rises from the ashes. Remember that. So, simple it's, line. It's, it's a simple line, but it's a, it's a beautiful one. I, I talked about Whitey a little bit uh, and him starting his own kind of um, life coaching kind of sessions uh, and being there to basically um, provide assistance and guidance to the, the youngsters of of tree hill and I, I think he genuinely will move on to doing that i think i've mentioned that before i think that will be his um uh his goal you know in for in the future and that'll be what he does so um yeah awesome my my favorite line uh nathan says to deb uh, are you completely out of your mind with the whole gun situation and Deb's line which is my favorite where she says there is some evidence to support that as she's just like really cleaning out the barrel of a gun. And then her, and then um, her face when he's like, you have a, you have a locker at the gun range. She's just like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, she, she, she's, she's a, she's a treasure. <laughs> she is. She's the perfect. What we a perfect mom. We don't deserve Deb. <laughs> Did you see this coming from season one with her? Let's be honest. I, I didn't think she'd make it. I didn't think she'd exist. Remember? Like if you, if you remember, I didn't. I didn't think she'd turn up, and then when she did, I was just like, "Oh, okay." Because you watch her like first three episodes with her, and then you get to this point, and you're just like, "This is the same woman." Yeah, you just think she's kind of not to not to be mean to Jane's, but she's kind of a plain Jane, isn't she? She's just like uh, just a just a sort of bland, bland character that's been thrown in to kind of like. And of course, keep- once they start peeling off layers of her she unravels pretty quickly yeah it's just to keep that family dynamic going isn't it and then all of a sudden she's there's so much more to her and um you know there's loads it did occur to me the the first time she shows up there's a there's a moment when she's standing in nathan's room she's like oh i used to remember when you used to ask my permission to hang stuff up and it just occurred to me she probably stood in that room and that tripod was just sitting right there oh god Oh no! Hey, mom, can I put this tripod in my room? Sure, son. Yeah, go, go for it. I'm just cleaning my gun. <laughs> okay, uh, who is your favorite character of the episode? Well, I would. I'm actually his character. I I would have to go with Dan because I just like that transformation of just broken down, disheveled, and in a matter of moments, he's clean shaven. He's cleaned up combed his hair and he's back to being the mayor and he's he's on his last legs here he's got to push that evilness as far as he can to get what he wants to make sure he's okay and that's all that matters and he's doing a damn good job at it i don't like you don't like it but he's doing good at it perfect absolutely perfect and i went for mouth believe it or not uh i decided that mouth had had like the the, the nicest episode he's had for a long time uh, and was very supportive and getting the yearbook for uh, Jimmy, uh, Jimmy's mom, uh, and basically getting everyone to sign it. And it was, it was a really nice thing. So although mouth, um, there's a, there's a kind of a stigmatism or like connotation around mouth that he is like, you know, supposed to be like the writer of the show. So, and there's a lot of creepy things that he does that we really, really don't like, and he gets a lot of abuse. So, you know, it's fair enough. So I think it's fair that he gets at least one episode 
as uh, my favourite character. So, yeah, I went my mouth. And who was your favourite performer of the episode? Uh, Chad Michael Murray, with an honourable mention of Paul Johansson, but Chad Michael Murray takes it just because of just, like, how disheveled he looks in a lot of scenes. Mm-hmm. Just, like like I said, that moment of when Karen's like, I think we need to talk to somebody about what they're going through. Like his right there, his mom betrayed him, and he just had nobody. And the yeah. look on his face was like, "That's it." Like, he nails that. Um, he nailed it. And believe it or not, I have also gone for Chad Michael Money himself. I've put him as my favorite performer for pretty much the exact same reasons as yourself. Like that in scene, he does look like a, a a complete mess. And like, why won't anyone listen to me or understand what I'm trying to say? I mean, he says all the wrong things by saying it was a dream and, you know, he's basically saying goodbye to everyone and it's a, a, a bit crazy. But, um, yeah, I, th- I thought he did fantastic, fantastically well in this episode. So well done, Chad Michael Murray slash money. And here we go is where we get to the end and we get to what Simon would describe as the precious, precious rating. Chuck, did you have a number in your mind? Um when watching this episode yes and oh. it's pretty much stayed the same okay so that's good and i had a number in mind and it has actually gone up by one since watching it um since talking about it actually talking to myself about it and of course mostly since talking to you about it chuck so um are you ready to to say the number if we go after three yep okay here we go one two three Eight. Eight. Chuck, it was meant to be. We were meant to be on this episode. We were Simon says, okay, Simon's vote is an eight. (laughs) (laughs) Any objection, Simon? No, (laughs) this episode is an eight. It's in the history books. It's written down. We're in. It's locked in and we're done. Chuck, thank you so much for joining me today. Bit of a strange episode in that it's pretty much you know, predominantly been me, but it's been fantastic having you on. I was so pleased when you joined and I had somebody else to to, to talk to. And your first episode on the podcast, a, a big episode as well. And I look forward to many, many more episodes with you on. And you're a great person to talk to. You're hilarious in the Discord. Um, and yeah, I really look forward to getting to know you a lot better. Thank you so much for joining. Well, thanks for having me. And I hope to be on a few more episodes. I'll be around. <laughs> Excellent. And apologies to everyone that Simon couldn't make it. He's a busy guy. He's got lots going on. So uh, hopefully he'll be back next week and you won't just have to listen to me. So Chuck, uh, we've got to do the Ravens uh, shout at the end. So do you want an accent? How, how do you want this to be done? All right. What, what you're going to get me, but we got you got to do it. You got to do it in a Rachel's voice. Ah, <laughs> oh, Rachel. You do it so good. You have, I'm oh. sorry. You do it so good. I do try with my like, like, little impressions. I'll stuff. put it this way. I When I wanted to like Ugh. buckle down and start listening to you guys in terms of talking to the show, this school, I was like, well, they got the school shooting episode already done. They got that in the can. I'm going to go listen to that. And when you started doing the 700 days speech, I'm like at work trying to work. And I'm just, I had to turn my back. So I'm just laughing so hard. It's like, this is a very serious moment. And all here is, there's 700 days. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, here we go. Raven shout I'll out. I'll try to do it too. I'll try to do it in her voice too. Not as good. Rachel. Yes. Uh, uh, okay. Uh, Raven's on three. I sleep. <laughs> okay, Raven's on three. Are you ready? Ready. Uh, one, 
Perfect. <laughs>